too close for comfort, won't be seen tonight, so we can bring you a very special episode of the Gen X Files. Welcome to Gen X Files, I'm Jim. I'm Adam. And today the show is all about Miami Vice. Yeah. Take yourself back to 1984. There. August 11th, the president, Ronald Reagan, says something a little odd, and I quote, My fellow Americans, I am pleased to tell you that I've signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. Well, we begin bombing in five minutes. And literally almost caused World War III. Yeah. <laughs> Hot mics, man. you got to really Hot mics. make sure your mic He's an off. actor. you think he would know that, but okay. Just five days later, uh, John DeLorean of the infamous DeLorean time machine. From our last episode. From our Back last episode, yeah. Callback. Uh, he was acquitted of eight charges of possessing and distributing cocaine. That poor son of a bee, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very sad because he, he's a fascinating person and the car should have been a lot more popular than it was. And It was uh, a good car. It, it could literally... Time travel. And, and fly. I mean, fly. like, just by garbage. You put yeah. garbage into it. I mean, it was... just think if we had flying, time-traveling garbage cars, everything would be, well, probably chaotic. But... <laughs> There'd be a lot of crashed, <laughs> flying garbage cars. But come on, man. Call me doors. But, you know, uh, apparently possession of cocaine is more important. Uh, anyway, uh, after... Speaking of cocaine. <laughs> speaking of cocaine. <laughs> on uh, Sunday, September 16th. Miami Vice premiered on NBC oh. as a two-hour feature film. I remember that. I changed the world. Ah, changed my world. I, at that time in my life, I uh, wasn't ah, popular or fit. Not like now. <laughs> now, <laughs> yes, I'm super fit and popular. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I was. Uh, it was a bad time for me. I was a little chub. Didn't have a lot of friends. Uh, but my best pal and I. Every Friday night, would grab a 20-piece McNugget and a quarter <laughs> pound of cheese, and we'd sit and we'd watch Miami Vice, me and Phil. So you weren't really trying to fix the whole chub part? <laughs> nope. I was leaning into it. I apologize to everyone that we had to play Phil Collins again, yeah, but... What is with us that, Phil Collins, man? Every week, it's Phil Collins. That scene in the pilot is the greatest, one of the greatest montage sequences ever. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yes. Okay, gives me okay. chills every time. Yeah, okay. it's it's such a good scene. And I remember, I you know, that scene in the pilot when we were watching it for the first time is like, wow, this is so cinematic. This is like mm-hmm. watching... It was like watching a movie, watch a movie every, every week. week. And, yeah. you know, he had that little hog leg shotty and, you know, popping <laughs> them... Shotgun shells and there. Dillingers. Man, and, yeah. And so many, yeah. Philip Seymour. I was going to say Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> that would be a very Long different actor. show. Very it would have been, because I think he would have been. He would have been great. 10 or 11 at the time. So nobody really knows how the show started. Brandon Tartikoff claims that he sat down and he wrote down MTV Cops. Anthony Yerkovic claims he came up with the show upon learning about asset forfeiture and cops using these things for official use. Oh, yeah, man. Cops can take anything. Yeah. And they don't yeah. even have to convict you. No, no. It's it's all part of, of the indictment. They can just literally steal anything you own. And back then, they were taking everything because, especially in Miami, oh, yeah. which was built on cocaine. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they were taking boats. They were taking mansions. They were taking cars. They were taking jewelry and everything. everything. Yeah, it was everything. Regardless, Yurkovic wrote a two-hour pilot called Gold Coast, which became the first episode of Miami Vice. I'm glad that they changed the name. Right. Gold Coast just sounds like a really like the... crappy, like, resort yeah. that yeah. you'd go to in, like, uh, Temecula. Yeah, it would It would be like a weird amusement park. I'm going <laughs> like... to go to Gold Coast. And, uh, hey. I'm going to go see uh, uh, 
Sham Shimbles and, and the Big Bangs over at uh, Gold Coast. <laughs> Gold. He's really good. I like Sham Shimbles. Sham Shimbles really is awesome. He was good. He was not featured on Miami Vice. Unfortunately. Yurkovic was drawn to Miami, which he referred to as a, quote, modern-day Casablanca, but with an even deeper undercurrent of cynicism and futility because Coke, Coke was huge at the time. Miami I totally was built on Coke. You look at the skyline in Miami. Yeah, yeah. All built on cocaine. Yeah. All Coke. of them. Cocaine Cowboys, if you have a chance to watch the documentaries, are really good. Oh, yeah, it's like the real Miami Vice. Oh, yeah, it's it's, it's good stuff. Uh, The show was heavily influenced by the emerging new wave scene to make Brandon Tartikoff happy with his MTV cops. Uh, They featured a lot of music. Uh, Like you said, they made it a lot more cinematic. Uh, Michael Mann was was a a film guy, not a TV guy. Michael um, Mann. Such a great director. Around that time, he made Manhunter, which was based on Red Dragon. Uh, the Thomas Harris novel. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Brian featured, Cox uh, played Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter for he the first time. Amazing. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. He was, yeah, he, he was very dark and gritty, and he was very... Um, Pushed the boundaries yeah. of what movies were, and, and had such, an, uh, uh, such a unique visual style that totally came across in Miami Vice. Michael Mann, he had such tight control over the look and feel of the show. He refused to let any earth tones in. He wanted to use the Art Deco history of Miami to kind of shape the show. So they used a lot of pastels. Oh, yeah. And, there were no reds, yeah. no browns. Everything everything was very bright and colorful and would catch your eye. He would make uh, he would obsess over different backgrounds. There was no color of a wall that wasn't uh, debated upon yeah. or yeah. you know figured out. It was all extremely meticulously put together. It's funny watching a couple of uh, making of documentaries. <laughs> I kept saying the same thing. Well, you know, the uh, the cinematography, that was a third yeah. character. Uh, you know, the costuming, <laughs> that was a that was kind of a third character. You know, the music we had on the, I don't know why they're all from uh, the, Canada. <laughs> you know, the music we had there, that was a different, that was a third character. You know, Miami was a third character. Did yes, you know that? they have so many third characters. <laughs> But it, but it all came together, and it was great. Um, they needed to do some casting. Uh, they, I believe that Michael Mann originally wanted Don Johnson. But Wait, the, they had to do some casting? Yeah, they had to cast, do the casting for the show. Did they who? who? This is, do you know how Hollywood works? No, I don't. Okay, so after you have a concept, you have to hire actors. Now, so you take a fishing pole, right? Yes. And you cast out the line. And whomever you hook and pull in, that's who you give the part to? Is that how it works? Funny that's not far off from how it actually works. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's who you know. (laughs) So they tried to get Don Johnson in, but uh, Don Johnson already had a bunch of failed pilots, and they were not thrilled about it. He was like 34. Yeah. He had already failed a bunch. They weren't looking for... Any sort of Don. He was actually very cynical about Hollywood, which fit really well into his, oh, yeah. the character that he eventually played. They had uh, some big names they were going after. Yes. Uh, like Nick Nolte and Jeff Bridges and Mickey Rourke. Oh, Jeff Bridges would have been really interesting. Mickey Rourke would have been awful. Uh, well, you know what? Mickey Rourke was actually pretty good back then. Back then he back was. Then before he, was he got crazy. Pope of Greenwich Village is a great movie. Yeah. He, Mickey Rourke, he would have been fine. But yeah, any of them would have been fine. But Don Johnson, by far, was the best. Was the best. Well, he's the one who got it. Yes, that is true. He won the part, as evidenced by the fact that he was on the show for five seasons. Uh, so the show was shot entirely in South Florida. They originally were talking about shooting it in uh, L.A. and then just using parts of L.A. as Miami. And Michael Mann said, no, like, we need to do this. Then they were talking about shooting the interiors in L.A. 
And Michael Mann was like, why would we do that when literally everything else is already in (laughs) South Florida? So they did that. Um, Michael Mann's a very smart man. The weird thing about it is that where they were shooting, the area was so run down. And they they had a hard time finding extras. It was really poverty-stricken Yeah, it was a a very broke area. The cocaine renaissance hadn't hit that part yet. (laughs) No, it had not. Uh, but they would use old old people in the first couple seasons as, as uh, just local elderly people as extras. And, and Didn't the show kind of revitalize the area? It did. It did, actually. The In fact, Miami really pushed Miami Vice, uh, although they, they didn't want to do the show at first because they were afraid that it was going to make people think Miami was bad, like <laughs> they were gonna give full them... of cocaine. <laughs> and it... W- which it was, so I mean... It's, it wasn't a big secret back then. <laughs> no, no, so I... Right, there's cocaine in Miami? But uh, Miami was smart, the the politicians were smart, and they, they took advantage of it, and, and it totally revitalized the area. The show was a huge hit when it first started. It actually got nominated for 15 Emmys in the first season. Unprecedented. 15 Emmys, that's insane. We see all the HBO Netflix stuff get all these Emmys, but but that was, I think, the first show to garner that many yes, Emmys. Yes, yes. So the, the show had a huge impact uh, on, on fashion and... Mm. And cars and everything. I mean, the show was huge. You know, it's really funny. When the show started out, Don Johnson thought that his character should be wearing jeans and cowboy boots and V-neck sweaters. And, you know, then he got to Miami and realized <laughs> that it's hell with humidity. It's and he's 110 you know, I'm degrees. I'm going to go with these, yeah. uh, these white linen pants. Linen pants sounds good. <laughs> they, they went uh, to Italy and got a whole bunch of Italian men's fashions and uh, brought them back. So a lot of Armani jackets. And... Yeah. And, and, and I think you were saying John Johnson's character, Sonny Crockett. Sonny Crockett. Uh, he was a beach bum. The way the costume designer put it, she said he wanted to wear the least amount of clothes. No belts, no socks. She would throw his T-shirts in a pile so they yeah. looked like they were, you they know. They were rumpled and crumpled because he he did not take care of He didn't care. He just wanted to wear the least amount he could because he was a beach bum. Yeah, and then conversely, Rico Tubbs, Tubbs. who was uh, Ricardo Rico Tubbs, who was from New York. You know, he had the flashy $5,000 suits and, you know, the tie. He looked... Uh, he was more chess king, uh, <laughs> if, you, if you guys are from the 80s. Well, Philip Michael Thomas fit very well, because that literally was him. Like, he he walked in wearing, like, a, a fancy suit for his audition. Yes, that's And was what, like, yeah. hey, this is literally me. Yeah, one of the things that uh, Michael Mann said was, like, man, he was looking sharp. And yeah. that, you know, he came in, dress for the part you want, babies. Exactly. Dress for the part you want. Exactly. Another little Hollywood insider tip. <laughs> yes. We're going we're gonna to make you all famous in Hollywood. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess something to you. Uh, to everybody listening, uh, I had a white linen suit uh, and a salmon sleeveless T-shirt and a teal sleeveless T-shirt to go with it. Rolled the sleeves up. My God, I looked horrifying. So espadrilles, I had the whole nine yards. Wow. Man. There are a bunch of little douches like me. That was the grossest part about this. Is all little douchers like me running around, little chubs with your with your little costumes Like <laughs> you look so cool, oh, man. And another thing too, the stubble. We haven't talked about the stubble, man. Yeah, the, uh, that was yeah because he was the beach bum. Yeah, it became they, a hot thing. Oh to my god, have they, stubble. They sold these razors, these stubble razors that were like just crappy razors with chunks taken out of it that you basically. <laughs> You know, you just kind of you, you you. It wouldn't do anything. Yeah, it just gave you stubble. It was it was a it's great the racket. Oh my God, it's like it's like selling canned air. <laughs> There's <laughs> yes. just no reason for it. Exactly. But it it sold and it sold really well. There was actually a lot. Macy's had a whole Miami Vice line. Oh, it was did. huge. It, it was, was just. I mean, look, deal. I wasn't the only one who was caught up in the madness. But I remember going to a party and just like people were like, "Oh my God." 
45 salmon-colored T-shirts. We need to get this guy out of here. <laughs> Who invited this turd? <laughs> At the beginning of the third season, uh, Michael Mann had left to do another TV show, and uh, he left it in charge of uh, Dick Wolf, who created Law & Order eventually. Um, bum, bum. Yeah. Uh, so the show the show got a little more serious, a little more gritty. Uh, he li- really liked doing that rip from the headlines thing. Yeah, well, this was kind of a precursor to his Law & Order yeah. series. Uh, he was kind of moving in that direction, which wasn't the best direction for Miami uh, Vice. Yeah, it didn't quite work for Miami Vice. Uh, the show needed to be a little more fun than that. The show got a little more, uh, a little darker in the third season, a little more real and gritty. Oh, um, yeah, and to make it super gritty, uh, they had to replace uh, Gregory Sierra, the wonderful actor who just sadly passed away yeah, in January, January, January 4th, I think. Yeah. Amazing guy. I think he was on Electric Company. He was on Barney Miller. He, he was, was great. Actor, I, yeah. I had no issue with him in the show. I don't know. Uh, Lou with his big old cigars. Um, yeah. But he was replaced, I guess, he was replaced by possibly the most serious <laughs> character ever on any film or television, uh, Martin Marty Castillo, played by Edward James Olmos. Yeah, he was just basically like this the entire time. He carried a samurai sword. He had the craziest, weirdest, uh, most mysterious past. <laughs> like I guess he was like some sort of samurai back in Vietnam or something. And yeah, all these he had such great like little uh, Castillo backstories. Like he was such a, a, a awesome, mysterious character. But he so serious. The show in 1988, after the third season, during the third season, got picked up for syndication on the USA Network. So the show became even more popular, which is why a lot of bands really wanted to get on the show. They knew that oh, if yeah. they if they they made it on the show, they had something featured on the show that they would they, it would it would boost sales uh, to the point where local newspapers would actually put on the Friday edition what songs were going to be on the show that night. Really? So people would know and be able to follow the artists that were in that were featured in the show, uh, which is crazy because I don't think anybody does that at all anymore. <laughs> well, no, but it was a completely new thing. I mean, I remember they utilized music so well on that show. Yes. And uh, any song that was used to such effect would, you know, the next day, chart topper. Yeah, yeah. It definitely boosted sales by, by a lot for all these bands. Uh, and some of the, the, the bands and the artists, musical artists, actually came and guest starred on the show, oh, such yeah. as Phil Collins, Miles Davis, Power Station, uh, Glenn Fry, and the famous Smuggler's Blues. <laughs> Suicidal Tendencies, Willie Nelson, Ted Nugent, Frank Zappa, The Fat Boys. That was a great episode. Uh, Sheena Easton, Gloria Estefan. The show literally featured every single actor ever that was acting right, let me, <laughs> in let me, the 80s. Let me throw some names at you. Lawrence Fishburne, Vigo Mortensen, Dennis Farina, Stanley Tucci, Jimmy Smits, Bruce McGill, David Strathairn, Bing Rames, Liam Neeson, Lou Diamond Phillips, Bruce Willis in one of his first network things, Ed O'Neill, <laughs> Julia Roberts, Michael Madsen, Ian McShane, Bill Paxton, Luis Guzman, Kira Sedgwick, Isai Morales, Terry O'Quinn, Joaquin de la Mina, Wesley Snipes, John Tuturo, Melanie Griffith, and Annie Golden, who I don't know who she is. They also had a ton of uh, comedians, John Leguizamo, who played uh, Calderon's nephew. Uh, he was one of the Calderon's. Uh, David Raish, Ben Stiller, Chris Rock, Tommy Chong, Richard Belzer, who would also uh, play a cop for the rest of his life as Detective Munch. Yes. Uh, and Mr. Pendulette, just to name a few. Yeah, along with non-actors, too, like Lee Iacocca and G. Gordon Liddy. Like, yes. It was, 
it was literally everybody wanted to be on the show. It was a cultural phenomenon. It was and insane. It was a television cultural phenomenon, you know, unlike many. I mean, there's, there's shows like MASH and All in the Family. You know, those, those are shows that kind of changed uh, the way we think. This was just a show of fun, drugs, violence, you know. It, it was escapist fantasy. It was so good. It was yeah. so – and the acting was so good. Like, the, it was written so well. I mean, it's part of the reason that everyone wanted to be a part because it was written so well. The characters were so meaty. It – this was stuff that you saw in movies. It's not something that you did in seven days on a TV production schedule. No, no. But they pulled it off. Yeah. They managed to do it. Part of the issue, uh, the reason the show started declining, was because in the third season they did change the time slot from uh, 10 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Uh-oh. Friday. And Dallas. put it right up against Dallas. Dallas was and a juggernaut, if all of you. We're going to have to do a show on Shocker, Dallas. shocker. Uh, One of the biggest moments yeah. in television history was who, who shot, shot Jay? Jay oh, that's correct. Uh, so, but unfortunately for Miami Vice. It was me. It, it um, <laughs> unfortunately for Miami Vice, it meant less viewers, uh, and a lot of people stopped watching because they would watch both, and they stopped watching because there weren't VCRs and there weren't DVRs and things. You either watched what was on or you didn't. Um, so <clears throat> as the show progressed and got darker, uh, it got really dark. Oh man, yeah. I mean, I think it probably peaked with there was an episode that they didn't originally air it was it was subsequently aired on eventually USA. aired yeah, yeah, yeah. In syndication it was called too much too late and it <laughs> it was a child molestation plot and it was considered too extreme for tv i mean I, I don't know what they were thinking i mean i mean i haven't seen the episode so i can't say if it's good or bad i don't remember it i just know that you know friday night i don't know if i pizza be cracking open my chicken nuggets and, and watching child molestation. I'm just saying. I don't well, know if I want to see that. I don't think I do. Although, unbeknownst to them, they had determined in the fourth season that the the fifth season was going to be the last. Yeah. They originally wanted it to just be 13 episodes, and they decided to make it 22. And I think that might be part of the reason that they really delved deep into some really weird stories. Uh, so uh, at the end of the fifth season, they, they did a two-hour series finale in May of 1989, and the show was done. Uh, although it was in syndication on USA for a number of years after that, so oh, yeah. it, was, it was still pretty ubiquitous. Um, but it definitely did not have the same impact uh, as the first two seasons did. No, I mean, that was a cultural phenomenon. Anything that changes everything, even yeah. for a short amount of time, it changed how we listened to music, how we dressed, how we wore our hair, how we wore our beards, that we didn't wear socks anymore. The fact that if you talk about 80s fashion, the first thing people think of is Miami Vice. And now, you know... Florida's a joke. Everybody hates Florida. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> Wait, Florida what are you man. talking about? <laughs> you know, you got Matt Getz. You got the Florida man. You got, you know, Miami Vice made Florida look cool. Yeah, it did. And I think it, it was did. the last thing that ever made Florida look cool. It really went downhill after that, unfortunately. It's good for old people because old people get cold. Old people be cold. <laughs> That's right. That's true. Uh, because, and then maybe the humidity lubricates their joints better. Yeah, well, you could tell because everybody on that show had giant pit stains. and I mean, it's the sweatiest <laughs> show on TV. Watch the show again. <laughs> My God, it's the sweatiest show on TV. There's a shot in the pilot of tubs in a strip joint, and he's literally melting. So gross. It's like somebody dumped a bucket of water on his face. Everybody, they raise their arm. It's Pit Stain McGee. They all look like uh, they all look like Al Gore at the uh, at the Democratic convention, oh, you know, with the pit stain so down to his pants. 
I mean, it's you uh, have to wonder if they hired somebody. Like, if there was a special makeup artist that just applied sweat to them. Wrong. They wanted to be steak. so stinky. <laughs> I can't even imagine <laughs> being on that set. It oh. would be so gross. Oh man, it'd be the dabber. Ugh. 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 Need I think we need to sham add, wow. add more sweat to his forehead. <laughs> they don't need to add anything. He's not, he's not quite sweaty enough. Just put him in the sun for five seconds. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're going to be right back with the interview with filmmaker T. Arthur Cottom. Our very, very special guest today is a great friend of mine, my old producing partner, the award-winning filmmaker T. Arthur Cottom. Hello. Hello, T. His latest film, uh, One Hour Alcohol, is available on Amazon Prime. You can watch it for free if you got your Prime membership. It is a really good movie. Yes, it is. Oh, thanks, guys. I'm re-releasing Carbuncle, too. I know that I I told you that, Jim. Yeah, so another movie that we made together. Yeah, like it took us five years. That was our baby. Yeah, so So, I'm re-releasing it with all the the, um, commentaries. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Well, one of the reasons why T and I became such good friends and decided to work together was our shared love of Michael Mann and Miami Vice. Yes. Okay, interview over. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for, thanks for having me on, you guys. That Man. was a lot of fun. Okay, there's something I saved. We haven't talked about this at all because I wanted to save this for you. <laughs> uh, Martin Ferrero. Izzy. Trina. Yes. That guy, an amazing actor. Oh, such a good actor. I didn't realize yes. he played more than one character after having just watched the pilot. Yeah. Yeah, he, start- oh, yeah. Yeah, he started out as a trainee, the uh, cross-dressing hitman. Right. And then was a completely different character as Izzy. Right, yeah. That's right. Sometimes, sometimes as an actor, you're just so good that they ask you to come back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they did that a bunch on Miami Vice. Like, the guy who played Calderon, he comes back again for the for the New York episode, mm-hmm. and he's the villain in the New York episode, and he's not Calderon. He's some totally different guy. <laughs> he's Daldra Crone. <laughs> Daldra Crone, right. You have to wonder with the, the creators, like, did they did they think that people just wouldn't notice? Well, that they did that on every show. If you watch <laughs> I mean, like, any of those like, shows. It's like, wait, why, did Cal- why is Calderon Calderon? calling himself something else now this is weird <laughs> he has a he, he's different because he has a hat this time <laughs> that's that's literally he's got a fake mustache literally what it was called the road. <laughs> wait who's that guy with the hat the bad guy the cartel leaders they all look like that guy in new york i mean come on <laughs> <laughs> right. okay so i have a lot to say about miami vice obviously yeah. and I, I know you do too jim and oh and by the way i should say that that was one thing when the Miami Vice DVD series, uh, well, when it came out on DVD. I own it. Finally. Well, you bought it for me for my birthday, the first season. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. I do. I will never forget it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only reason why you still talk to me. <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't really, so I was revisiting episodes and I didn't realize that the whole Calderon thing, it plays out within the first five episodes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like, there's like the pilot episode or not, it wasn't even the pilot episode. It was, you know, the, uh, it technically wasn't the pilot episode. Now we're, now we're going to get into the Miami Vice nerd stuff. But the Miami Vice movie was really, you know, episode one and then the pilot was episode two. And then, yeah. So like, Calderon obviously shows up in the Miami Vice movie, 
And then in episode four is Calderon's return. And then episode five, Calderon's return part two, Calderon dies. Spoiler. (laughs) Hey, man, come on. It's only been 40 years. Exactly. (laughs) If you haven't haven't seen the show by now, yeah. Uh (laughs) Calderon! Yeah, I I will got to be honest. uh, Jim... I have never – I've watched my advice a long time ago, but not like this. And, and the first thing Jim said about it was screaming Calderon. And we, we, we rewatched <laughs> yes. the pilot or the TV movie, and I was so disappointed that no one yelled Calderon. I, ever, I was so sad. Do they ever – I don't know if they ever yell Calderon. No, I don't think they do. It's one of those – what is that? The Mandela effect? Yes, oh, my God. Exactly. We're talking about the Mandela effect again. Yeah, okay. The up. Mandela effect. Yeah, yeah. Calderon. Calderon. <laughs> I wanted to see Tubbs yell it when the plane flies away. Now, T and I had a uh, – we have a, a huge uh, uh, disagreement about Miami Vice, about one of its most beloved oh, characters. The alligator. Elvis, Elvis. the alligator. <laughs> Elvis. Right. Okay, so – Elvis was the uh, mascot for a Florida college. He ate like 100 tabs of gators. acid. Yeah. He ate like Florida 100, gators. Ate 100, right. ate 100 tabs of acid. Funny. Um, I don't know why uh, Don Johnson had 100 tabs of acid evidence on his boat. That seems a little <laughs> careless, but uh, he did a lot of stuff like that. Sometimes the Crockett character. Yeah. He didn't play by the rules. No, play <laughs> by his own rules. Let's uh, let's determine this now. Then, uh, Jim, positives about Elvis the alligator. Go. He liked LSD. He <laughs> was a pescatarian. He uh, was a good friend of Sonny Crockett and watched his boat. And he was very nice to Sonny's dates. And he, but he was racist because he didn't like tubs. He's super racist out there. <laughs> so wait, is that a positive? No, I mean depending on who you are. But to me, no. No, okay. Uh, didn't so, he eat an alarm clock too? Wasn't yes. that one of the things? Yes. He, <laughs> They did the Captain Hook he's on a, him. He, yeah. You said he's a yeah, he's a pescatarian, but then uh, yeah, I remembered. Oh right, but he was ticking because he ate an alarm yeah. clock. Well, the, he didn't eat it. The jerks at the college fed it to him. Is a TikTok joke. Yeah, he was abused. Really? He was abused. He. So well, so T then what's you, so what was negative about the alligator then? Well, you, you could argue that having him on a boat was abuse. <laughs> Wait, so did he ever go? The, did he ever go in the water? Like, was he ever in the water? I don't know. I, he was on a no. chain. So yeah, no. he was like, exactly. He's chained to a boat, and he gets hosed down by Crockett when Crockett's around. Spent four years in the '90s chained to a boat, getting hosed down. T, and it was a, <laughs> it was very pleasant. It was a very positive experience for Jim. Well, the '90s were a different time. This was the '80s. Oh, okay, yes. I felt like that was one of the gimmicky elements that they had come up with in the beginning of the show oh, yeah. to like add charm to it. And, you know, if you as the show went on, you realize it didn't need these gimmicky sort of elements to add charm. It was right. it, it played better as like a gritty cop show. And so, you know, the Elvis thing, I, I just thought was kind of silly. And, and the more they got away from it, the happier I was It's like, <laughs> oh, OK, we don't <laughs> we don't need to come back to some. Elvis gag or joke that's not really, you know, all that interesting. So that was my I don't hate Elvis. So I don't know that people realize how influential Miami Vice was. And I really I truly believe that we wouldn't have the, you know, this golden age of television that we're going through if it wasn't for Miami Vice. I agree. 
Yeah. It was, it, I mean, it was so unique, the style of it, the way it was shot. I remember, uh, I have a vivid memory of seeing the commercial for it for the first time before the show even started. I think it was the Super Bowl ad, actually. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching that going, wow, I want to see that movie. And then it said, coming to NBC on Friday nights. I was like, what? That's a TV show? <laughs> People were staying home on oh, yeah. Friday nights. I mean, that was that. It was a crazy phenomenon. People would stay. If you didn't stay home on Friday night and watch Miami Vice at 10 o'clock, you were kind of an outcast. Like, you you know, for well, I'll speak for myself. Like you go into school if you if you hadn't seen Miami Vice, like it was like, what's wrong with you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's too bad. We don't really have that anymore. You know, there's just too much content. There's too much things where it's like right. literally 40 percent of the country is watching the same thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, they right. had tens of millions of viewers yeah. because, you know, there were three channels. You don't get that kind of. You, I don't right. know. It's it's you're right. I mean, we talked about how it changed the fashion. I had a mm-hmm. crappy linen suit and some espadrilles. I looked like a fool. But <laughs> I, <laughs> and I also had some like, you know, kind of tubsy and um, you know, suits that I got at Chess King. But, you know, it's like <laughs> if I would if I was shaven at the time, I would have had one of those razors. But, you know, it's like everything right. <laughs> like we woke up and everybody had shoulder pads and linen suits and pastels. It was crazy. Yes, right. It, to- it totally changed fashion. Watching Miami Vice every week was like watching a mini movie every week. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. just it had the production value of that. Um, it had the feel of that. The, the characters were complex. The relationships were complex. It wasn't just a cop shoot 'em up. And it was the first show that I remember seeing where people were actually dying. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Like, I mean, literally, Jimmy Smith's in the first five minutes. Well, like every right. once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we watched that. Exactly. We watched. We rewatched the pilot uh, he, yesterday, oh. and that it's it's horrifying when he. When the explosion happens, his little body goes whoosh and like yeah. <laughs> Gumby's, you know, becomes a Gumby and flies away. It's like, oh it's my so god! Right. And then and then Sonny Crockett's got a tiny little half inch scratch above his eye. Uh, he's dabbing. <laughs> right. You okay, Sonny? I, got this. I might be scarred on my pretty face, but uh, give me a cigarette, Crockett. I want you to go home and rest. Uh, it could happen. Give me, a, give me a cigarette. I mean, they were they were spending a million and a half dollars per episode. Like that's that's more than wow. a lot of features yeah. were back then. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, for, even now it's a lot. But it's more yeah, than a lot well, of features yeah, now. That's true. Too. Yeah. 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 So yeah, they they dumped a lot of money into it. Oh, the music too. Yeah. Like I became a fan of Phil Collins because <laughs> of Miami Vice. Yeah. We found the one fan. This is great. <laughs> I actually I like Phil Collins. I don't have an issue with Phil Collins. He's fine. He's just a little cockney weirdo. He's gonna be in every <laughs> he's episode. Like a leprechaun. Every episode we do, he's gonna be featured in some. I know, way. it just sucks because we it seems like we've been playing Phil Collins on every episode we've done. It's oh like, really? That's yeah. torture for it's, me. It literally I think I think ninety percent of the episodes so far we've had a Phil Collins song. But I mean play, so play some Peter Gabriel. But yeah, I mean so many like like uh Sheila E started on Miami Vice and you know, so many right. bands were just uh, – Adam was saying earlier that to get on uh, Miami Vice was like a huge thing for a band. Like bands were vying for it. And and when they, right. would, when they would list, you know, yeah. the episode, they'd be like featuring songs from Nikki Sticks and, you know, Miles <laughs> Right. <laughs> the, the little known <laughs> solo career of Nikki Sticks. <laughs> <laughs> well,
that was the thing too is that with and that added to the um, to feeling like you were watching a movie because all the contemporary tv shows they either had you know somebody doing the music for it Mm -hmm. or they would have like some cheesy cover of a popular song which they also did in that in the miami vice movie but after that you know clearly they had a budget to to get the Mm -hmm. real music but but yeah, you know the musical montages, and um, my mom used to say like I was rewatching it. You know, I was watching reruns. It was still in the eighties, I think. Yeah, yeah, because because I, I was still in high school. But um, my mom would like we would start watching the show together, and then she would fall asleep, and she's like, "What? What happened?" You know, <laughs> just she's like, "Nothing, like, mom." That, that, yeah. <laughs> they, they've just there been driving a, around for forty five minutes. Twelve minute music <laughs> montage. <laughs> Right. Well, that was the thing. It would always lull her to sleep. <laughs> Five minutes, you of know, Crockett loading his gun. <laughs> it was, you know, lights playing on the hood of a car. Yeah, exactly. Like it's hypnotic, re- relaxing. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, this is the intense ball. The action's coming, you know. And then it was my mom would be asleep. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that was the other thing in the 80s shows of that time. Like, I specifically remember, like, I had friends that were into the A-team, and I watched the A-team, you know, occasionally. Sure. And I'd be like, oh, they would, there would be an explosion, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and then they would cut back to show that the characters were still alive. Yeah, like a, like a helicopter would crash and right. fiery burn, <laughs> blah, 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 roll around. And then, like, six guys are like, ouch, I think I got a splinter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly and with miami vice it was like oh that person that this whole episode was revolving around is dead what oh yeah in like this graphic course, slow motion and they right <laughs> right <laughs> when the visual style was so different i mean you had talked about you know us being fans of michael mann and oh yeah that being one of the things that we bonded over. I mean, that was very much his style, especially in the first season when he was, you know, the most involved in yeah. the show. Yeah. And that was again, you know, with the music and the visuals and the shot selection. And it was just like nothing that I had ever seen. And I don't think. No. Well, that was the coolest part is like, not only are we watching a movie every week, but we're watching a Michael Mann movie every week, which, right. you know, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. like a yeah. Christmas every day. <laughs> right it was amazing um and I, just so many people got their start like bruce willis was a, like a wife beater and right and it didn't uh uh i'm not laughing about the wife beating no, no, no. i'm laughing about <laughs> the bruce willis part yes yeah, yeah. and nothing funny about that nothing funny That's about correct. bruce willis anymore you're absolutely right um <laughs> well played <laughs> and uh uh america's sweetheart uh Ed O'Neill? No, the from uh, <laughs> yes, American Sweetheart Ed O'Neill. Man, he looked good too. I always loved, uh, I always loved serious Ed O'Neill. Yeah, yeah. He's, he was, I know. You know, is Popeye Doyle or on this show? He's right. a great actor, amazing yeah, he's a great actor. Um, yeah, you talking about Julia yeah. Roberts? Julia Roberts. <laughs> That's Julia. right. Yeah. I totally forgot that she was it. Uh, it was some minor part. Yeah, she yeah. Was like I a, don't even. The fact that you and I are such super fans and we don't remember the part that she <laughs> yeah. played in it, I think, is is telling. John Neguizamo played uh, Calderon's nephew. Did he play Calderon's nephew? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and he it comes not... back to avenge his <clears throat> uncle's death. Yeah, by being a super annoying comedian. 
And it was super effective. It never, worked. Never stopping talking. They were just like, <laughs> no, you win, Calderon's <laughs> nephew. Just shut up. <laughs> what was your favorite part about Miami Vice, man? If you could pick one thing that really, that just, you know, that you remember the most uh, about. Is there one thing? I mean, I mean, it's like a, it's, it's, it's every, all yeah. the pieces put together make it so great. But yeah, I don't know that there's, I don't know that I, I would say probably my favorite aspect is how they used visuals set to music. Yeah. And did that influence you as a filmmaker, T? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I actually get disappointed that there aren't more movies that are made with that kind of sensibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same. And yeah. Yeah. And when I don't in my own films, when I don't have the opportunity, if the, you know, the project doesn't uh, lend itself to that kind of uh, um, style, mm-hmm. I'm always a little bit disappointed. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, a lot of the stuff that we made together was very colorful. It was very, you know, especially the short films, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and uh, I mean, I think even more so. um was one hour out call. I, and I wasn't really mm. conscious of it when we were making it, but Josh pointed it out afterwards, Josh Ryan, mutual friend, um, great actor. He yes. pointed it out afterwards. He was like, you know, I sent him a, a, a cut of it and he was like, Oh, I dig the Miami vice style. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, especially the, the opening is very Miami vice. The opening. Yeah. Right. With the headlight coming into the camera and yeah, that yes. That was intentional, but I, I mean, I don't, I would hope so. I don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I just throw shit up just, there. Whatever happens. Just drove the car the camera. I don't know what's going on. Oh. Wow. That was a stroke of luck. <laughs> no, it's the best way to make films. <laughs> just throw everything no. at it and hope that it works. Right. But, but at the time I wasn't thinking like, Oh, this is a cool Miami vice shot. You know, I just feel I mean, like it was I, but it was just ingrained, you know, Exactly. Even the walking up the steps, you know, that kind of the whole opening bit is very, you could put that to. Do your Izzy. <laughs> just for me, because nobody's going to know. But just do, do your Izzy for me, baby. Do I do Izzy? I don't know. You do the I, best I, Izzy. Really? Yes. <laughs> you, you got your Lee Iacocca. You got your Ronald Reagan. You got your, uh, I don't remember what else. That was perfect. <laughs> that you, was got your, <laughs> you got your Ronald Reagan. And Lee Iacocca was on the show. Yeah. That's right. He was yeah. on the show. G. Yeah. Gordon Liddy, Lee Iacocca. Uh, the, the dude from Kit, Gene Simmons yeah. was on there. Uh, Will, not Wilt Chamberlain. Um, LeBron James? Dr. J. It was, not, it was LeBron James. <laughs> it was, yeah, Dr. J. <laughs> Bill Russell. It, Bill Russell, yes. Thank you. Thanks, oh, yeah. Alan. No worries. Yeah. I do research. <laughs> From the Boston I, well, Celtics. Okay. So, let, Jim, let's do favorite episode and least favorite episode. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know the name of it, but I always loved the Castillo episodes. You know, when we learned a yeah. little bit more about the most serious human being ever to be on planet Earth. Emmy winner. 
Yeah. Remember, he was the only one that won an Emmy on that. Well, because it's like it had he meant been constipated for five years to to have that look and that attitude, just like, uh, and then he'd come out with a samurai sword. The one where he went back forever that revenge one where you know because i think his wife was killed by there's this whole backstory with him it was golden triangle yes yes part part one and part two it was a two-parter yep i think that those were i think my favorites wow cool least favorite i think when uh when um crockett got amnesia (laughs) when he he got amnesia and thought he was a hitman oh god that was so good though That was when they had totally jumped the shark. That was like yep. episode, that was yeah. like season five. Yeah, yeah. They they were running yeah. out, running out of stories. Oh, it was great. <laughs> it was great. Because it's Crockett being a bad guy. Yes. I forgot about that until you just said. It. I'm like, no, it was so good. Oh, well, maybe I need to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? That's uh, so okay. So my favorite episode. It's a toss up between. It's probably Evan. It's oh, probably yeah. Evan. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I don't remember the actor's Such name a... that plays Evan. Um, oh. He was oh, in. He was a bad guy in Ghost. Uh, no, you're thinking of. Oh, am, um, I not, am I thinking of, of the wrong guy? You're th- yeah, you're thinking of Goldwyn. Um, oh, you're right. I am. Everybody. Yeah, he was. Yeah, literally. Uh, you were in Miami right. Vice. Did you not know this? I... <laughs> was... You were awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. So yeah. are you. Thanks. Yeah, we played a couple of little uh, little drug dealers on the corner. <laughs> 13 years old well, 13 year old out. super white boys hey y- y'all want to buy some cocaine <laughs> I'm sorry it's cocaine you want some cocaine <laughs> oh amazing so yeah so Evan was the episode where he you think it starts off and you think this guy oh god what a scumbag I can't wait till they bust this guy and then Crockett's like we're not gonna bust him he's a cop yeah Oh, and the whole thing is like how this Evan guy has had a death wish and he takes keep keeps taking these risky assignments basically because he was responsible for, I guess, the three. There was the two Crockett, Evan and another dude, right. Mike Orgel. Yeah, I know his name. Nice. I'm such a nerd. <clears throat> um, <laughs> so so they came up uh, through the academy together and it turned out that Mike Orgel was gay and when they found out, Evan freaked out. Oh, yeah. He was super, super homophobic. I killed himself. And, and he killed himself, right. And they didn't – he basically stepped in front of a bullet, you oh, know. Wow. So he didn't, he didn't blow his brains out, but he, you know, put himself in a situation where he knew he was going to be killed because he had so much shame about it. And because, you know, his best friends were, like, not accepting of it. it you know, what it was the opposite. Super deep for the 80s. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that episode is amazing. Yeah, it's it's a great episode. So that's probably my favorite, and then uh, Lombard is 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 right in there too. With uh, I'm forgetting everybody's name right now. Dennis Farina. Uh, Dennis Farina. Yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah. So yeah, Dennis Farina was Lombard. A uh, little little known fact about the Evan episode. Evan. That was William Russ, by the way, who played Evan. William Russ. William yes. Russ. Thank you. Uh, and it was directed by Rob Cohen. Ooh. Who did uh, Dragonheart and Triple uh, X and all those those feature films? Oh, nice. Yeah, we never we had so the one thing we never talked about was the the many many directors that went on to direct feature this films. This is why Miami Vice takes multiple yeah. episodes. <laughs> we should do well. <laughs> I'll, I'll, Paul Michael Glazer directed a bunch of them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, 
Yeah, of Starsky and Hutch. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I don't remember if he was Starsky or Hutch, but um, he was He was Starsky. He was Starsky, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Another great show, man. Okay, least favorite uh, uh, least favorite episode. Oh right. So for me, least favorite episode has got to be the alien episode. It was like season three or four when clearly the show was like <laughs> going downhill. You know, it was the it was the white Lamborghini days. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the alien. There was a Oh god. It was it was very heavily focused on Izzy and Noogie, which you would think would be an awesome episode, right? Oh like, yeah. Izzy I and forgot Noogie. Noogie. Oh Noogie's awesome. Noogie, the Noog man. The Noog man. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was his catchphrase. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, so it was Izzy and Noogie, and there was some like alien. It was basically like an episode of the X Files, but which is a great show, but oh, yeah. I, it doesn't really work in Miami Vice. No, <laughs> not at all. No, I it, it's so bad that I don't even remember that episode. It, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. I was like, I, I, I was on the verge of hating the show after that episode, but I, you know, I'm loyal, so I stuck with it. Yes. I just, yeah. I just want to read the, uh, this is the description from uh, uh, Miami Voice Wiki about the alien episode. <clears throat> In front of the Grove Harbor Cinema, Vorchak the Repressor, a.k.a. Izzy Moreno, and his quote-unquote space deputy, a.k.a. the Noogman, are having a sword fight with toy swords, while Trudy and Switek are staking out for a porn dealer. A second man named Akers appears with the porn dealer. He looks at Nuggie's outfit and has a panic attack, dropping 24 jars of peanut butter. <laughs> Tears his shirt off and dives at Izzy and Nuggie and goes through a plate glass window in the cinema lobby. And that's literally just the cold open. Is that Mad Libs? <laughs> <laughs> you have to wonder how they, they in the writer's room, but they were like, yeah, this is a good idea. It makes me want to watch it again. What, Adam? It was season four, episode stuff. seven. Season four. Okay. I was like, I was like, I, I remember it as being like season four or season five, but it's probably <sighs> season two because that's how my memory <laughs> is of those. Oh, no. They were, they were deep into the, the badness going into the dark period of Miami Vice. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I think that the bad period started in season four, but, you know, yeah. maybe it was season two. Oh, um, no. I, I mean, technically, it's still good. You know, I mean, even yes. though it's bad, it's still good. It's still exactly. better than most it's, other things. I mean, just us talking about it makes me want to go back and watch that episode. Same, same. Just watch that, that terrible episode. <laughs> I would rather watch that episode of my advice over any any episode of Dallas or Dynasty or any of that. Mm, sure. Like, yes. But what about Falcon Crest? Mm. That too. <laughs> yes. right. All those shows I do not I, care about. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I. I. There was. Okay, so here's a here's a fun fact that I remember from the time. This is like from it's. I was so shocked at the time that it is burned into my memory. Do you remember? So season one, they got a bunch of Emmy nominations. It was only um, 15. Ed, 15. It, 15. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I didn't remember it as being that. I think it was a record at the time. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, and Edward James almost won for best actor. And that was it. Um, I think that was the only <laughs> Emmy that they won. Uh -huh. But I remember specifically thinking they were nominated for best theme song. And do you guys remember what one without looking it up? Do you no. remember what one? No, it can't. I'm going to be so disappointed. <laughs> Murder. She wrote. <laughs> 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 do, 
does anybody i mean clearly you remember that song i don't remember that song honestly i just made that up i don't think that is the song (laughs) (laughs) i knew it was some jaunty lilty little it was yeah it was something and she was typing i but i literally the, the melody does not come to mind at all Okay. Right, but looking looking back now, like who remembers that theme song versus the Miami Vice theme song? Well, nobody, True. but the the voting members were probably all like eighty years old at that point. They were, I don't get this <laughs> Miami Vice. They just had a huge crush on uh, what's her name? Right. I don't like these beeps and boops. That's not music. <laughs> these beeps and boops. Anybody can do that. You just push buttons. Yeah. <laughs> That's not music, right? I think it was Cagney and Lacey that won uh, for best. It's amazing how much I remember this stuff. Yeah. Like, that's how influential the show was. It's how angry me. you were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then right. they, they lost to Cagney and Lacey and Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although I, I have to say, the Cagney and Lacey thing made me go, oh, maybe I should check out Cagney and Lacey if it's that good. And I never did, but well, you didn't miss anything, which is which is not not entirely true. And I had a friend that was on Cagney and Lacey. Oh wow! Like that's how, yeah. Wow, and you still didn't much. watch it? Do you have a favorite guest star besides? Uh, um, oh man! Like I I distinctly remember Bruce Willis, and I remember like wow, yeah. seeing him on there and being like, that guy's got something. Like because that was before yeah. uh, Moonlighting and Moonlighting, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Liam Neeson, uh, right? Liam yeah. Neeson was on there, right? He played the the IRA guy. Yeah, scary. Yeah, Ian oh, McShane. Yeah, that was with the, the Dick Wolf when he took over and he wanted to do stuff about the troubles in Ireland, trying to turn it into uh, <sighs> <laughs> heavy side. Yeah. But wasn't it wasn't Gina like in a relationship with him or something like that? Probably Gina was all over the place. <laughs> well, I think that that was part of like Gina was kind of a sad sack, and I think that was part of that. That was like the main part of that episode was yeah. not that it was like this IRA guy. It wasn't that storyline. It was like how <laughs> G- Gina can't just you just can't get a decent man in Gina the same can't way hold that the boyfriend right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, in the same way that Crockett couldn't hold a decent woman, you know. I mean, yeah. what. And they, there they was, bang in the pilot. I mean, why didn't they just sad sack it together for five years? I know. Well, that's, tried. What, that's what I was. He tried. And she well, said no. She was like, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. It's actually well, a pretty good little part. It's a good scene. Yeah. yeah it's a really good scene. In the pilot. Yeah, are you guys talking about when she basically says you, uh, he's like, hey, what's up? What? Why are you all bummed out? Yeah. I thought last, yeah. night was, last night was pretty great. These, these are the exact words. Uh, <laughs> what? And she, and she and she's like, well, yeah, it was cool until you said your ex-wife's name in your sleep. Oh, I was sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you guys are talking about? Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, he he chases her into the ladies' restroom and yes. And then some poor woman comes in and looks like she's, she's like, like, I gotta I just, take a dump real I bad. just need to poo. But <laughs> they're talking and. Uh, and you just hear these fart sounds in the background. <laughs> Eventually, you hear screaming from outside. Can I please go poo now? Defcon 4! Defcon 4! The turtle's head is poking! <laughs> I have to poop my hand on my period! 
<laughs> oh god right. man t this has been so much fun <laughs> oh thank you this is so much fun you are hilarious and uh so are you and so talented and handsome uh, but, oh <laughs> but, you too i was talking about myself <laughs> but uh <laughs> all right <laughs> no you're the best man and when uh Thanks. come we'll have you back on when carbuncle is is getting ready to come out and uh Cool. And we'll definitely. You're an '80s kid like me, so we're definitely going to find some stuff to have you back for. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Love you, buddy. Awesome. Love you too, man. It was good to talk to you, T. Yeah, you too. You take care. Have a good one. All right, you too. Thanks, guys. Bye. That was Crockett's theme by Jan Hammer. Hammer? Hammer? <laughs> <laughs> Jan Hammer. Jan Hammer. Who I'm convinced uh, the large majority of Americans thought was a woman. Probably because they're not used to. Uh, and boy, is he not. No, <laughs> he's he is definitely a not. bald. Another bald guy. I don't know. Bald, yeah. I think I'm a baldist. I apologize to our hirsute uh, uh, lacking <laughs> listeners. Good apology. Anyway, um, <laughs> that was fun interview. That was great. He's so fun. He is so much fun. Uh, Miami Vice, you know, it really was a cultural phenomenon. And oh, yeah. it did yeah. change. Ah, for the worse, for the better, we don't know. But the 80s were definitely different because of it. It was definitely of its time because they did the movie in 2006 with Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx. Right. And, and i got to be honest, it didn't really work. Yeah, it, it, they shouldn't have called it Miami Vice. If it was not a Miami Vice movie, it would have yeah. been fine. Uh, That's true. That's but true. it didn't capture any of the fun of Miami Vice yeah. or the look of Miami Vice or anything to do with Miami Vice except for the name. And, uh, Colin Farrell just scowls through the entire movie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you haven't seen Miami Vice, I highly recommend you watch it. You can see it on the – I think it's on the – The NBC app. The NBC the, app. You can watch I believe it for it's for free. Yeah. There might be commercials in it. But but you can literally watch the entire series for it's free. It's totally worth it. It's such a great show. And if you want to see some of your favorite actors when they were just young little babies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, doing some really great work. Uh, it's – it influenced me as a filmmaker, mm-hmm. as an actor, as a writer. Just uh, revisiting it was so much fun. It makes me – I'm going to watch the whole series yeah, again. Yeah, same, same. I'm in. I, I, I'd only caught a few episodes here and there, but I'm definitely in to watch the whole thing. Especially after talking to T and the yeah. Spaceman episode and, oh, and I forgot about the Nugman. I mean, there's just so many good little tidbits. So much fun. So much fun. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, we will be back next week. Cannot encapsulate all that there is to say about Miami Vice in 10 minutes. No, this is uh, the first part of a 10-part series. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's acceptable. Let's start with Season 1, Episode (laughs) 4. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming, Family Ties, already in progress.